believe we've come this far and it feels just like getting started. Somehow we're still running like those kids back then, kids back then. Scrape some knees and falling down, but somehow we keep getting back up. Long as there is wonder, gonna keep running, yeah, we'll keep running in this moment. It's electric, can you see it, can you feel it, this dream inside is still alive today, yeah we're on our way. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Welcome to Love Live Ruach Remnant Reality Radio. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for turning turning into RIP 2.0. That was Mercy Me and On Our Way. Welcome to RIP 2.0, Ruach Reflections, tonight the doers of the word, love fellowship gathering, where inquiring minds want to know. Were you in the Ruach HaKadosh today or in your own yucca flesh? I am Shalak Scribe, President of the Emulators MC, Shalak Havahaba, and your guest, Yajay, tonight. It almost seems as though it's going to be a permanent position, and that's just fine by me. 
So let's get to it. We start each podcast at 7.07 Pacific Standard Time, 9.07 Central, and 10.07 Eastern. If you'd like to join us on the call, just dial 727-731-3257. No access code is required. Again, that number is 727-731-735. Wow. Let's back this train up. If you'd like to join us on the call, just dial 727-731-3257. No access code is required. Again, that number is accurately, correctly, 727-731-3257. And you're in. If you're new, and we hope you are, Welcome. We hope this resonates with you, and we hope you keep coming back. If you're old, well, we're all young in Yeshua, so I guess that doesn't really qualify. If you've been here before, welcome back. Marissa, if you could read the warning for us, that would be fantastic. Hallelujah. Sure. Hallelujah. Today we have our one of our literatures that we read at the beginning of our meetings. Warning, damaged souls, damaged hearts, crushed spirits. Who you see here, what you hear here, when you leave here, let it stay here. Transform recovery is the refuge, the healing place, the hospital for the heart, the sanctuary for the soul. A warm, friendly environment was created for caring, compassion, and love to be realized. No plastic people here. We keep it real. We invite you to do the same. Open up. Share your in-depth testimonies, your fiery trials, and your tough temptations. Holding our past inside is poison to our souls. Sharing our issues openly reveals that which has been hiding in darkness to be brought into his marvelous light. It exposes the accuser. It It loosens the liar, and it lessens the load. The freedom to feel you can safely open up in these love fellowship groups is vital. You are under no surveillance and chance from doubt does not connect with any law enforcement agencies. You are not being set up for any type of failure here. No incarceration, no mental institutions, but for you to find your new exciting life as one in your new Yah fam, as a new creation. We are not an anonymous fellowship group like other 12-step programs. Rather, we are very outreaching and promotional in an effort to reach the lost on purpose. Although we are not anonymous, we are very confidential. Opening up as a group is not to put out your bad business, but it's to put out a solution. We in Transform Recovery have come to understand that people will attend our love fellowship groups from all walks of life. People from every color, race, gender, and background imaginable. Newcomers will come into our group's extremely worldly, fleshly, broken people. They may be homeless, helpless, hungry, hurting souls who have no idea what to do. The amount of family dysfunction, soul sickness, and actual abuse, whether sexual, mental, physical, or emotional, will vary from person to person. Some may be heavily sedated on prescription drugs or may have even used earlier today. It is very hard to help someone who is intoxicated, so we encourage anyone attending that has used today 
to please speak with the transformer after the gathering. We are aware that some are suffering severely and are hurting over things that may be quite graphic and horrific in nature. We want you to know that you are in the right place. You are safe here. We learn to listen with utmost sensitivity with each other's circumstances, one's scars, one seemingly impending doom of a jail sentence, a repossession of a car, a home foreclosure, one struggling with homelessness or even a house fire where all personal possessions were lost, some will be struggling with hunger, poverty, sickness, dereliction, degradation, a death of a loved one, sexual abuse, mental abuse, emotional abuse, spiritual abuse, physical abuse, even torture and or extreme bodily harm, etc., etc. The list of potential and teens is as endless as addictions, idols, false gods, and sins. We encourage you to patiently and respectfully listen to each person's share empathetically understanding that some may, may be understandably quite rough around the edges. Their language may be offensive as they may have not yet learned to communicate properly without any street talk or cursing or swearing or lascivious talk. We ask as you long suffer with those who are still working on their potential dysfunction, drug damaged or destroyed abusive character. We ask as you share to refrain from any inappropriate speech, but we all must be sensitive as to where each speaker may be. Some may have never even opened up the word before and may have no clue who our, who our Messiah Yeshua is, let alone Yahweh or the Ruach HaKadosh. We can never assume that everyone is in the same place in their relationship with their Creator. Some may not even know Him at all, and some may have had, in fact, some bizarre church experiences whereby the spirit of love was pursuing them, but Yah cannot receive that love and may have rejected Yah, Ahaba, as he is trying to save them. We cannot possibly begin to stop, censor, or filter anyone's sharing. There is a saying that truly applies and transforms. We cannot become so heavenly minded that we are of no earthly good. Staying relatable will assist greatly in working set apart scripture step 12 which is essentially helping others correctly in the standards of leadership set forth for transformers in a set of part scriptures. Hallelujah, and thank you for for listening. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for that, Marissa. We appreciate it. We are going to get into our seventh bodybuilder, our Ahaba offering. This offering goes to support our radio and prison ministries, our faith favorite farms, and Houses of Worship, our Yability Ministries. The question is asked in Malachi 3.8, will we rob Yah? At this point in the story, Yah is not real happy with the people, with the children of Israel, um, or with Israel as a nation, let's put it that way. Um, they've been around long enough where they're not really children anymore, but yet they still act like it. They have not been tithing faithfully to help meet the needs of the poor, the down and out, the destitute. Um, and those in need of what we would call welfare or a hand up rather than a hand out. And Yah is using Malachi to call him on it. But he qualifies it. He says, test me in this. See if I won't do it. If you give me 
10% of what I have given you the strength to earn. It's all his anyway. He, yeah, will pour out a barukata on us that we will not have sufficiency to contain. means it's going to be big or a lot, okay? Then later on in in the chapter, it says there's going to be a book of remembrance written for those that were faithful, that were righteous, and that did give. And he goes a step further and says, come back and check on the state of those who gave and those who didn't give. And he's saying that the state, Yah is saying that the state of those that gave faithfully, righteously, judiciously would be better than the wicked, those that didn't give. I say all that to say this. As Love, Inc. is giving to you, as Love, Inc. is giving into your life, its efforts, its prayers, its knowledge, if it's feeding you, if you are if you are benefiting from it, please consider donating to the ministry so that you're not shortchanging yourself. Not that that's the only reason you should give. You should give because it's the right thing to do. Give with an open heart. Give with a glad heart. Knowing that you are doing something excellent. Knowing that you're doing something fantastic and that Yah sees it. If you are there, if the Ruach is pushing you, we would encourage you to give at whatever level you feel you feel pressed to. You can do that by going to give.yahweh.love. You can mail a check or money order to Love, Inc., P.O. Box 68138, Phoenix, Arizona, 85082. Or you can text 77777 to 44321, and you will have accomplished what Yah has put on your heart to do. And we just pray that, pray right now that as that happens, that Yah would pour out his brukata upon you in a way that surprises you. Hallelujah. Again, I said it before, I'll say it again. I am Shalayak Scribe, President of Emulators MC. And I am glad to be here. Um, we've got some exciting things going on. Uh, Yah continues to pour out his better quote on us, whether it's in the form of, fi- of immediate finances or opportunities, um, whether it's finances or not. I mean, let's face it, he has barukatad me in so many ways that had nothing to do with money. We can start with my kids. We can start with my wife. Just the fact that I was able to start and finish another day is a barukatah. And for that, I am forever grateful. Hallelujah. 
if there's anyone else on the line that would like to introduce themselves, they can feel free to do so right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I just want to let you guys know that we were encouraged by our new business partner, the owner of the company, uh, at Asante. We were encouraged to watch the Game Changers. And uh, it's on Netflix right now. I know Yami watched Hustle last night on Netflix, she told me, and that's why her sleep got all screwed up and wasn't able to get on this morning. But we're all getting ourselves started with Asante. I need to start Marissa uh, after the after the call tonight and get her up on board. We already got Yami started. Um, we were recommended by Michael Weniger, the owner of Asante, to watch the Game Changers. We have it up right now. We were just starting to watch it, and we were eating while uh, the call was started. starting. And uh, all I can tell you guys is I am extremely grateful to Michael for what he did financially for Love, Inc., because I really believe we are going to have a, a revenue source for ministers that's going to come out of doing the right things, eating the right ways, taking care of our temples of Ruach the right ways. And all I can say is I've been praying now for a decade already about how to implement implement health into transformed recovery and had I done what I wanted to do 10 years ago, I wouldn't have nearly been as educated to put a scriptural context and definition into what I'm about to say, which as a avid, strong, very, very much sold out as a meat eater, somebody that wants to eat meat in every meal three times a day, seven days a week, meat, 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 meat. Uh, and that includes fish and that includes chicken and that includes, you know, eggs. Uh, I'm really convinced that the scriptural diet, the Dabar diet, the word diet, the diet from the word, the Dabar diet that I got the name for it the other day, Dabar diet, because Dabar is Ibrahi or Hebrew for the word. Um, it is mind-boggling as to how and why Daniel did the strong vegetable response and how the 21-day Daniel fast with with vegetables and how they became stronger is not just something that's in the scriptures. It's something that's verified with superstar athletes that we just watched that are totally plant-based people, totally 
totally plants. And I mean, these are some of the strongest people in the world, some of the most high-performing athletes in the world. It's all in this Game Changers, which includes even Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was a meat eater, who switched completely. And all of these NFL players and all of these bodybuilders and weightlifters and Olympians and they all did basically, they didn't say it. No one has said it yet that it was the Daniel diet, but we know very well. Abaya wrote the book on health. We know the maker's diet is something that we've gotten from Jordan Rubin, who was bought out by longevity and the uh, beyond organics company, you know, is owned by longevity today. And all I can tell you is, you know, Michael Weninger is a vegetarian and there's a reason why he's a vegetarian. And, um, Sand and I are already looking at changing our meal plans and we won't be eating eggs every morning anymore. It's going to be fruits and, you know, that's going to be the way we kind of start our day and, uh, it's going to be vegetables. So, um, and, and nuts, but we, we know that nuts can't be mixed with certain things because we did learn that also, that the phytates will take all our, our nutrition. But also we've got these incredible products, and I'm implementing that, and we're doing these enzymes so that our body can digest things. And I just am so grateful that Abaya is answering prayer, and I'm keeping my mind open and just listening and he is the rewarder of them who diligently seek him. And, uh, you know, as we seek him in common sense, practical ways, it is astounding. This UFC fighter, this ultimate fighter that's on here, who, who he's the narrator of this story. And, you know, this is if Yami is on. Let me see once here. Yep, Yami is on. This is for you, for your your uh, daughter, Lolly. You need to know that his father had a heart attack. So after he already did all of this for himself, then his father, who was his hero as a little boy, gets really super sick and uh, has real major heart problems. And... They haven't completed the story yet with his dad, but I'm sure that it's heading towards because it's not over with yet. It's 56 minutes in, and there's about 28 minutes left. So all I know is that these heart challenges, which is the number one killer in the United States, there's a very, very, very strong probability that the reason is is because we are not eating plant-based diets. We are taught to be burger eaters, to be bratwurst eaters, to be hot dog eaters, to be uh, eating big beef burritos and beef tacos, and we're way better off to be eating bean burritos and bean tacos. Uh, it's it's crazy, but this may be one of the solutions along with this Asante product line that may save Lori's life, may start to turn everything around for her. And, I mean, 
they showed the actual blood tests on these NFL players and in one meal. And it was astounding. Uh, and, you know, Marissa's been talking about hormones. They didn't talk about female. They didn't talk about female yet, but they did talk about the men and their testosterone and as far as a man's performance with a wife, the way it's supposed to be, it's very obvious that meat does not help a man at all. In fact, totally destroys a man's ability to be active with his wife. So I really got to say, you know, you got to watch the game changers because this is one of the most powerful uh, films on this that I've ever seen. If it wouldn't be so many famous people that are like super, super healthy, high performing athletic people around the world that have all gone vegan, I wouldn't be convinced. Now I'll be honest with you. The first thing I said to Sam is, well, I guess we'll have to treat ourselves like maybe once every two weeks to a steak and we'll maybe have, you know, eggs for breakfast once a week, you know. So I'm I'm not looking at going cold turkey. I'll be telling you flat out, this is really a big switch for a food addict to start thinking like this. But nonetheless, because we are dealing with food addiction and transformed recovery, I know that I need to make some major, major switches, even if I'm only fixing things for a day or two. Now, these amino acids, is that what we're taking, amino acids, before the meal, the eight? The enzymes, yeah, the stomach enzymes that we're taking before the meals are supposed to do some major, major uh, improvements when you do eat meat. Uh, you're gonna before you eat a meat meal, you're supposed to take eight of these enzymes, and it's gonna digest that meat an extremely rapid functionality, where meat normally will sit in your stomach for three four days, rotting inside you. And Michael told us that last night. That was like real exciting to hear. Like, you know, roadkill, have you ever seen roadkill? And then did you go back the next day and see that it's still laying there on the side of the road? Yep, that's in your stomach a day later. And then did you go back the next day and it's still sitting there? Now it's bloated and there's flies all over it. It's really, really smelling bad. Well, that's your second day. And he said by the third day of that roadkill, think of that inside you rotting away. And it was like, it, it was hard for me to believe when he was saying it, what what actually, we weren't convinced last night. We were just like, you know, okay, yeah, that's that's pretty gross. Wow, you know, whatever. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's not just red meat. It's all protein or animal-based protein. So plant-based protein is better for you, and you get more than enough, and you get much more energy from it, much more antioxidants if you eat plant-based proteins yeah so when you come to our camp don't expect to be coming to have uh you know those those high-end bratwurst that we started eating that are chicken brats and and all that stuff because we're probably not going to be doing none of that junk anymore so we're going to a whole new level and i just want to say thank you for showing me 
the reality of science connecting and verifying the Daniel diet. Hallelujah. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Um, I guess, um, and that's only because I don't know how excited I am about giving up meat. But then again, I guess we've all been there by what was just shared. Um, no, I, I got to say it's not uh, it's not entirely surprising. But, uh, wow, interesting. Looking forward to digging into that, too. All right, who is next on the line that would like to introduce themselves this evening? Oh, oh hallelujah. I am Marissa, and I am thankful for learning about new ways of dieting. I tried to go, thought about going vegan one time, but I couldn't think of what I could quit. So they call it like pescatarian rice, so I ate fish, but I didn't eat any other meats, and then that's when I started eating chicken again, and I'm not—I wasn't really much of a red meat eater for a while, and then sometimes I do it, but I do it in moderation. So I look forward to learning about new ways of eating with rock and sand and new ideas. And I was also telling that to Yami earlier for her daughter that she can find a new way of dieting. So there's ways of learning how to change your eating habits and I'm I'm still learning so I'm in between when I have my moments and I've also have learned not to buy certain items at the store and um it's hard sometimes but then it also just don't not not looking at it too long or not thinking about it so I don't buy it when I'm shopping because it was a few weeks ago I told back I had some these little cakes, I found them on sale, and so I I couldn't eat the rest of them. So I I do I try not to cheat too often, but if I can if I can find a dark organic dark dark chocolate without any soy in it, I enjoy those bars pretty good. But I so yeah, I I also had some issues with the hormonal imbalances. So that's another thing I'm learning about, and again that could have to do with the pharmacia aspect of and also with the drug use and different different areas of whatever I was doing. So it's a numerous amount of things that I'm still trying to figure out. And so I'm thankful that um, I can learn about nutrition and put that into my daily diet and um, finding new and better ways to improve my health. So I'm thankful for health and um, that Yami's daughter is getting better slowly that she can um, submit her her life to Yahweh and again that she's known she's known Yahweh but I don't know how far she's been with keeping up with him and I know I've had my ins and outs with Yahweh too so we are in this as we can um, keep praying and speaking life to our speaking life over our situations so I'm thankful for my children and um, for the warmer weather that it's getting to be almost a weekend soon. So I think Skype was saying something about maybe taking out the raft since the other plans, some of them didn't go through with um, boats and whatnot. So we can at least try to get the the raft out. That might be a fun 
thing to do over the weekend. I'm thankful that we'll get to look forward to, <laughs> to going on the water. And um, hallelujah. All right. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Rock, would you like to pray over the line, or are you still eating? I'm guessing you're still eating. I should have known and shouldn't have asked. Hi, this is Sand. Um, no, we're done eating, and uh, I'm glad we didn't eat a whole bunch of meat while we were watching that movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll now. <laughs> um, so I am... Um, you know, super grateful and super excited about this uh these new products that we found out about and very grateful that uh you know, that we made such a connection with Michael and that he's really gonna be a great mentor I think for us um in this kind of you know, new awakening or transition that we're making in our lifestyle, I guess. Um I'm, you know, very grateful for the prepping and the planning of our trip to Wisconsin, and it seems everything's going really well, and, uh, you know, I'm also still, you know, very grateful for this remote position that I have as kind of a busy week at home and a slow week at work. So, you know, it worked out that, you know, I didn't have to be tied to a desk in an office for eight hours a day because, first of all, it wasn't necessary. And second of all, you know, it just, I needed that flexibility to get things done at home. And, you know, I am you know, grateful for a company and a boss that, you know, treats me like a, a grown-up that allows me to get the priorities done, get the work done. Uh, but allows me to have uh, that balance of life. And, uh, I mean, I really couldn't have asked for a better position, and I'm just so grateful to Yahweh for um, providing that to me. And uh, I'm really excited to see everybody. You know, to me, it seems like we're leaving, like, this weekend. I know it's going to be a a couple weeks before we actually get up to Wisconsin. There's a lot of miles in between. Um, But, you know, I just feel very, very hopeful about many things. Um, I was able to get uh, the NNA actually filed. I was struggling with it, and and then it just came down to, hey, he's, you know, we're going to have this position and it's going to help Love, Inc. And boom, it all just came together like in a matter with less than an hour. And I've been struggling for actually almost a year thinking, oh, I got to do that. I got to do that entity. So I'm just, you know, timing, I guess the, the timing has to be right. And that wasn't the right time. But now is. So hallelujah. I'm grateful for that, too. Well, hallelujah. And I apologize, Stan, for not anticipating that you would be on the line and that you'd be introducing yourself. <laughs> um, now that I pulled my foot out of my mouth, hopefully. 
we are going to uh, skip to a song, and we'll come back. We'll pray over the line, and then we'll get to our reading. Hallelujah. You'll figure this one out quick, but this is one by Newsboys, and it applies. That's how you change the world That's how you change the world All my life I had big dreams To do big things and make a change And all the while I just passed by The simple needs right here next to me Cause 
Well, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Welcome back. Looks like Yami snuck in under the wire and then disappeared again. So I don't know what's up with that. But anyways, Rock, would you like to pray over the line this evening or should we have Marissa do it? Hallelujah. Marissa, why don't you go ahead and pray clear the line, pray away anything that might distract, that might try to get in the way, that might try to fudge things up uh, in the call tonight. Okay. Well, hallelujah. I do hear a lot of background noise. I'm not sure if it's coming from outside or upstairs. So, yeah, well, you know what's happening on the outside of our phone lines. So we come before you as your sons and daughters today, Heavenly Father, and as you... Send you, you work as we abide in what you have for us tonight. I pray for the hearing of the word that you have provided for us to meditate on and to learn and to teach about and that nothing can keep us from learning and hearing your word tonight. And I pray as those who are reading in us those who are teaching your word, that you fulfill the our ears and our minds and our hearts as you write, the, write it on the tablets of our hearts, that we come to have a deeper understanding and revelation tonight of your word. In Yeshua's name we pray, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for that, Marissa. <clears throat> All right. Set Apart, step 10. RIP 2.0 Ruach Reflections is an examination of yourself weighed against every aspect of a perfect walk, a perfect life, modeled after the perfect person, Yeshua HaMashiach. Studying sacred scriptures seriously is one of the greatest ways to go through each sacred scripture step, set apart scripture step thoroughly, so that nothing is missed in the uh, development of the new you. A great suggestion for a successful orderly transformed recovery fellowship gathering, LFG format, is to study in oneness each of the listed set-apart scriptures for each set-apart scripture step. Example. As an example, simply pick a weekly, bi-weekly, every other day, or even every day love fellowship gathering at the appointed time for your love fellowship group to meet. The, the format you develop will dictate the length of time for each LFG. Activation of numerous small, intimate study groups is definitely going to take an army of servant leaders to step up, pun intended. Love Fellowship gatherings don't need to be broadcast on Love Live Rock Remnant Reality Radio, nor does it need to be recorded, but to generate support from multiple locations, the virtual Love Fellowship gathering can work in conjunction with your local LFG. Set apart scripture step 10 is an activation step that activates the other set apart steps. Once we have taken some level of action or any, on any given set apart step, we must monitor our progress through the process of our own YAH development, recording YAH the actions, the actions daily and or even fleshly actions gives us a way of reflecting on our behaviors 
good or bad, never for condemnation, but rather for conviction from Ruach. This check by Yah, love, from within, leads us to Teshuvah, change, or the way Yeshua to transform out of an old pattern of thinking, a stronghold, or even or evil wronghold, into a new pattern of thinking, a Yahold. A paradigm is defined by Noah Webster as a philosophical and theoretical framework of a scientific school or discipline within which theories, laws, and generalizations, along with the experiments performed in support of them, are formulated. Noah Webster, the ultimate wordsmith, had the sacred scriptures, had set-apart scriptures in English literally memorized. While in the world, before coming to our understanding of transformation made available by Love, Inc. through Transformed Recovery, our paradigms were definitely influenced by ones misleading us through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the elements of the world, and not according to Messiah. From Colossians 2.8, Hebraic Roots Bible, by Shaul the Shalia. Colossians 2.8, watch that there not be one misleading you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the elements of the world, and not according to Messiah. Books of Ahaba, or books of love or Ahaba, Yahuwah Yahweh, or I am that I am, Ea Asher Ea, hallelujah. Thank you, Yah. If you would all join me in turning, actually, we got a song coming up, don't we? Yeah, I think we do. Whoops. Let's see what we can do here. Okay, well, this one will fit too. This is People Change.
hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I guess I could have offered it up before we went to that music break. But I will say this, I like that song. Uh, it's the first time I've heard it, and I did not know it existed, so I didn't know to look for it. Um, so praise you for that. The encouragement, people change. It seems like it fits in well tonight. Hallelujah. If everybody would turn with me to 1 John 4, 18, we can get rolling. If I could get a volunteer to read that, that would be fantastic. All right. In that case, I will read it myself. John 4, or 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. And the one fearing has not been perfected in love. I think what I want to do before we get too much further is I want to read that and insert the Hebrew in there at certain spots um, because of the gravity of the word that's used. There is no fear in Ahava, but perfect Ahava casts out fear because fear has torment. And there's a footnote which reads, Fear is the opposite of faith, and the acronym for fear is false evidence appearing real. Fear is from Hasatan and the only and only brings torment to a person. It should also be noted that statistically, most fears of people will never actually come to pass. Okay, after the semicolon, after the footnote. And the one fearing has not been perfected in love. There's three other verses that are attached. Marissa, if I could ask you to turn to Deuteronomy 28.6 or 28.66. Yes. Okay. I'm trying to write down the other scripture, but um, and your life shall be in doubt before you, and you shall live. You shall fear day and night. You shall have no assurance of your life. Thank you. And Philippians 2:14, NET says, "Do everything without grumbling or arguing." So apparently, grumbling and arguing are a manifestation of fear, which. Yeah, I can see, actually see and understand. Hebrews 2.15 says, And set free those who were held in slavery all their lives by their, by their fear of death. Um, I want to go back and look at that one again in a minute. But let's take the one that we have at hand first. There is no fear in Ahava. That said right there should tell us that 
the fear that we should have for Yahweh should be based in a realization and a reverence of his awe and not in the fact that he can punish us. He would prefer not to. He wants us to see him in all his majesty, in all his kavod, in all his incredible beauty and in his goodness, not in the fact that he can punish or that he can cause us to feel bad. You know, he does not want us, he does not want to have to grab the switch and take us to the woodshed. That's not his hope. That's not who he is. So there is no fear in Ahava. But perfect love, perfect Ahava casts out fear. That too makes sense. Because Yeshua, after his 40-day fast in the desert, told the source of all fear to leave. And when we apply the, the name of Yeshua to the adversary, he has got to depart. There's no two ways around it. We have to understand this. We have to be able to absorb this and let our minds function in the freedom of that reality. And I'm going to assume that I'm going to sound pretty good here talking on this, but let me tell you, I have not overcome this situation. More often than I care to admit, I operate in the ruach, in, in the yuck of flesh when it comes to dealing with fear. And it needs to stop. It needs to stop. Why? Well, that's that other comma back there after fear. It says because fear has torment. And torment comes from the adversary. Hasatan would love nothing more than for us to spend our days tormenting ourselves with what could happen. Now, Rock is probably nodding and loving this because I'm going to quote something else that I've heard from him and probably from Jerry Meadows and Dexter Yeager. It's the analysis of, it's the paralysis of analysis. If he, if the adversary can get us frozen in fear and get us to analyze everything we do right down to the minutest detail, we will do nothing. We will do nothing. David would have been stuck eternally in a hunched over position, and he'd have granny fingers by now picking up those stones. With fear, nothing positive happens. With fear, in fear, nobody steps out on Yeshua's word. And I think that's the biggest lie that the adversary has taught humanity throughout the ages was to get us to fear our creator. Was to, was to get us to unrighteously, for an unrighteous reason, fear our creator. And the one fearing has not been perfected in Ahava. So fear is a defect that's got to go. 
There's no two ways around it. If you can't get rid of fear, if you don't endeavor to get rid of fear, you will never truly love Yahweh. You'll never truly love your neighbor. And you'll most certainly never truly love yourself. And you'll be stuck in a cycle of codependency and self-loathing For decades. Anybody want to ask me how I know this? Um, so again, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment, and the one fearing has not been perfected, has not been completed, is not fully matured, has not fully matured, is reluctant and resistant to fully maturing in Ahava, in Yahweh, in Yeshua. We've got to get past the fear, Scott. We've got to get past the fear in order to truly function as an upright son or daughter of Yahweh. Because if we're not doing that, we got a loose sandal somewhere, our shoelaces aren't tied, something is tripping us off. So hallelujah. Abiyah, in the name of Yeshua, as we open the line up for conversation and discussion, we just ask the, that the word that you brought forth find itself in good soil. Yeah, that it germinate, that it bloom, that it bear fruit. And that it does so in complete and total confidence without any ruach of fear and that it motivates and that it just inspires and infuses enthusiasm to anyone who sees it or picks from it or consumes it, however that works out, yeah, we know that the victory is in you and that you make all things happen. In the name of Yeshua, hallelujah, and yamin. All right, the line is open. Whoever wants to go first, you can take it away. Is anybody there? Uh, I guess I'll go first. All um, right. Yeah, that uh, fear is, well, yeah, fear is a liar. Easier to say, but not so easy to act out. Um, and it sounds so simple to say, you know, fear is just a lack of faith. Just have more faith. For me, you know, I, I discovered, I mean, I knew this a long time. I am very comfortable doing the things I know how to do. <laughs> and when it comes to 
uh, and this happened just a couple weeks ago. I think it was last week only. Well, it seems like forever ago that we did our first section of the testing for um, the licensing and ordination. And I was fine as long as I felt, uh, you know, confident or confident that I was on the right track and feeling comfortable that I was understanding and getting the answers correct. Uh, when it came to an area where I didn't know or I didn't, I don't know if this is really a fear thing, but it's... It is. It's called fear of the unknown. Well, not really. Um, It's more a lack of... Oh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I kind of lost my train of thought. Um, Why don't you just share for me? Don't be like that. I hate that when you do that. Yeah, I hate it when you do that. So... We're even. Hallelujah. Sandy paused or is she she done for the moment? I am... um, I don't hear anyone talking. So, anyways, um, we know Yahweh's love is is perfect, and that's something that I'm learning to accept each each day. And that um, fear is a big liar, and that um, spirit of fear can't creep in when we're full of, of Yahweh's Ahaba and so I know that I am not wel- I'm not welcoming fear so I'm learning as Yahweh is love that he's our first love and as I accept him each day that I let him in instead of the fear in and um so I'm thankful that Yahweh is our is our love and protects us from that. So hallelujah. I'll pass with that. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for that, Marissa. Definitely growth going on, definitely no point in fearing and you know, we talked about that before. Worry is just another another manifestation of fear. And it helps nothing. So hallelujah. We are going to take a break. We'll be back in about three minutes or so. This one is by Zach Williams. Oh, hold, the- hold on for just a second. I'll see if I can get through... I, it's very hard for me when I get interrupted. Some people are really good at, you know, going with the flow. Um, I've always had that struggle in meetings in the past. When I go, as soon as I get distracted, I lose my train of thought because part of my fear is looking stupid. 
and it's hard enough to, you know, in a meeting setting when I'm trying to listen to other people, you know, I'm trying not to think about what I'm going to say. I think that that's so part of the fear of just sharing in a meeting setting is that's the same fear that I was talking about with the test was looking stupid, looking like an idiot, looking dumb, looking embarrassing myself. It's not the fear of unknown. It's the fear of looking like an idiot. And that's uh, probably, and that's why I don't like to get out of my comfort zone. I'm very comfortable with doing the things I know how to do, doing the things I know that I'm good at, that come natural to me, pushing myself into other areas that are not my forte or don't come naturally is really hard. And I'm not saying that I can't learn new things or I can't learn new skills, but I definitely don't want to get up on a stage and practice my new skills without having it down first. You know, I know there's a, um, a probably a fine line. You know, at some point you have to just jump off the cliff, you know, but can I just, step off a curb and set up the cliff, please, you know? You know, can I have a safety net? I I do have that. Um, and I guess that would be fear. Um, so that's what I think it is. And that's just, I, and trying to be, you know, a real-life example was the test thing, you know, being out of my comfort zone. And, and of course, network marketing is, speaking in front of people. I mean, it was very, very difficult for me in the beginning when I was going to, you know, NA meetings and AA meetings to even talk, to even share. And the last thing I want to do is share and be vulnerable to people and then be made a fool of or to look like an idiot because then it just compiles and it makes me even more tepid or less makes me less willing to try it again. You know, I don't know. Some people might have that drive to say, well, I'm going to get it right next time. It's like, well, no, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> it's kind of my attitude. <laughs> and maybe it's not a right attitude, but that's, that's where I look like a fool that time. I'm not doing that again, you know. I'm not going to get bit again. You know what I mean? And uh, you know how to get over that? I'm not sure what the answer is because there are things that I know I will have to do if I want to, you know, reach certain goals, if I want to be successful in different areas in my life. And uh, I just have to trust that Yahweh is going to, you know, use his staff and gently prod me and prepare me and have his hanan and hasad on me so that I can do it. And uh, that's where my trust in him comes. And then when there's more trust and faith, then any worry, doubt, fear 
it obviously will be eliminated. So uh, thanks for listening. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thanks for that, Sin. Thanks for coming back. And I, I completely understand where you're coming from. Um, I've dealt with that, too. I've also dealt with the fact that I got to the point where um, I just didn't care anymore. And I think that's where a lot of it came from. I made the wrong decision at one point in my life. It wasn't the decision I wanted. And from then on, people started making decisions over the top of me that I had no control over. Um, so I didn't push into success. So I never learned how to, you know, go beyond or found any value in studying to advance for anything. And I think a lot of, I think I've carried a lot of that into my walk with Yeshua. Do I love him? Yes. Absolutely. Do I enjoy studying about him? Yes, absolutely, without doubt. It's it's you know. But do I but do I really need to grow beyond just the basics? And if the adversary could have kept me there, and he kept me there for a long time, um, if he could have kept me there, he'd have been happy. I'd have been miserable. But it got, would have got to the point where I just, you know, it, where I just didn't care anymore. It was where I was. I was, you know, I was content to sit the fence. And, you know, I guess that just makes me that much sicker. So, hallelujah. Sorry for the extra aside. Anybody else wants to share? The line is still open. Well, I like the way that this message for Set Apart Scripture Step 6 puts it because, you know, in seven, we are perfected in love. And in this, it's pretty much saying, if you haven't overcome this yet, you have not been perfected in love. Obviously, we're all perfecting. And obviously, that's what a shaliach and a shepherd and all of us are supposed to be doing, according to Ephesians 4, is we're supposed to be perfecting the saints. So if this is the process of perfection that we're doing in transformation and transform recovery, then, you know, this step is like this final, final step into perfecting ourselves in love or becoming his perfection. And that is to me such a profound way to view the step. And so I think really out of all of the scriptures that I've, you know, been listening to night after night and listening to you guys share on night after night, I'm really coming to a point where this one is so huge as a set-apart scripture, step six scripture, because it really, really, and last night was great too, don't get me wrong. And Shipley, you know, shared some great stuff. I mean, I'm, I was very impressed with how he's viewing you know, the sixth step. Um, but in this step tonight, in this scripture that goes with the step tonight, um, you know, this principality of fear that we all have had to deal with, there's not one of us that hasn't had to deal with this principality. Um, what was interesting for me 
was I had not lived in fear really hardly at all for many, many, many years. And until I was falsely accused by the law, you know, by, well, by someone who made a false accusation, you know, and then they didn't, they were gathering evidence and I was basically letting them do that while I was in other states by the direction of my attorney, Dr. Novadine Pack. You know, he, he told me, leave the state while they were trying to figure out, while they're trying to build a case. Because otherwise, if you're there, they'll probably try to hold you, you know. And uh, you'll, sit, you'll sit a bunch of time and, you know, as an innocent man, you'll be sitting all this time. It's just, it's not worth it. So I did leave the state under his direction, thinking it was going to be two months and it ended up being two years. Um, and it literally turned my life upside down. But one of the things that I was constantly battling during that season was fear. And I had not ever sensed fear like that since before I had gotten clean. I had fear before I'd gotten clean. I had some times where there were major paranoia attacks where I thought I was going to get arrested and I was going to sit for many years because I had large quantities of drugs. And, you know, it was a simple thing like, okay, I'm in a third story of an apartment building. I'm a drug dealer. We just scored massive amounts of LSD. And I'm looking out the window, and I see there's police officers downstairs. Not one car, not two cars, but there's like five squads sitting down below. And it's like, okay, they're coming up the steps. This is going to be it, you know. And you go through this massive, intense fear, like I'm going to have to – you know, jump off of a fire escape, you know, in this building in downtown Plymouth, Wisconsin, you know, because I've, I'm going to have to run. And, you know, I got this, this, this drug dog, you know, that was my protection. And he was very protective of me everywhere that I went. So, you know, I've got him, you know, chained to the door as a diversion because I'm so scared, you know, he's, he's going to have to divert them when they try to break in, you know, and come and get me, you know, and I had all of this, this was playing itself out in my mind. And that was ultimately, I got to tell you, uh, one of the things that drove me to getting clean and get, got me to stop was the intense fear of spending my, my life behind bars. I did not want to go and lose my freedom. I did not want to go to prison. So there was, and, and I hated those paranoia attacks, especially, okay, I, I just dropped LSD. I just took a hit and I just did a whole bunch of methamphetamines on top of the LSD. And now, on top of that, I, you know, I'm smoking cocaine on top of the weed that I'm doing, and I'm drinking, you know, Jack Daniels, and I'm just out of my mind, insanely stoned. I'm just totally ripped, and I'm freaking out. And, and those kinds of buzzes of being that, that intensely, you know, okay, now I'm going to be high on all this, these uppers 
and I'm going to be high for the next 24 hours. I'm not going to be able to come down. I took so much, so many drugs that there's no coming down. There's no turning back. This is what's going on for all these hours coming up. And I just remember the impending doom and not being able to shut off a switch. You couldn't go to sleep. You couldn't, you know, run away. You couldn't escape. You were in the fear. And it was like like a horrible, horrific, bad trip on LSD. And I did not have a lot of bad trips, which was really crazy. I had a lot of, lot of really fun, laughing, intense, crazy times of getting high. But all it takes is a few of those bad ones. And it can really, really discourage you from wanting to do that anymore with your life. It just is a total horrific type of way to, you know, to spend an evening uh, under the influence. And uh, I guess, you know, that's what I would say, you know, in connection to this time of, of running, that feeling of running from the law the closest in my clean time that I could connect with or relate to that was, you know, when I was like, uh, let's see, what would have I been in 1993? I've been 17 years, or I'm sorry, uh, 2003. I would have been uh, in 2003, that would have been 17 years clean, yeah. So I'm 17 years clean, no drugs. So I'm not now in fear because I've, you know, taken a bunch of drugs and I'm, I'm dealing with it in a buzz. Now I'm dealing with it 100% sober-minded. And I've got this, this evil fear principality that's coming at me and it's telling me that same nightmare, that same thought that I'm going to prison, you know, and realistically, you know, I knew I was innocent. I knew I did nothing wrong in the, in the ladder in 2003 at 17 years clean. I knew I was innocent. Whereas back when I was doing drugs and selling drugs, I knew that I was guilty. So, you know, in the lawlessness of it all, uh, you have that one right from wrong. But in the principality and the dealing with it, as a right from wrong, you know, what, what's the best way to deal with this and how do you face it without running away? And it really was at that time a major, major faith builder. And what was super cool about it during those, those uh, couple of years that I was out on the road, the super cool part was I had broken away from religion so I wasn't doing it religiously in churches. I really had a prayer closet at home. I, or in my condos, because I lived in condos for about two years, in, from one Wyndham resort to the next. So, you know, it was me and Trinity Broadcast Network, if anything. So I did listen to a lot of those preachers, which I found very encouraging through some of those hard times, I, I must admit. But uh, that fear principality is huge. And uh, I really believe that I trained myself to break it yet, yet again, which I think I had done before, 
but then I fell into it for the first time in many, many years because I'm not afraid to publicly speak. I'm not afraid to do a lot of things that most people are paralyzed by or, you know, slowed down by in life. I can go ahead and, and face many, many things that other people would normally be just blown away by. And that is the opposite of fear. It is faith stepping out. And I've trained myself over the years in my walk to be able to walk in that kind of faith, mountain-moving faith. I proclaimed it. I decreed it. I declared it. I prayed it in. I believed for it. I fasted over it. I did every possible thing in the weapons of warfare to become strong and mighty and yeah, to get to this point. And, uh, and I want you all to know that it is not going to be easy for anyone. It wasn't for me. So if you expect it to be easy for you, like it's just going to come to you, it's not. You have to decide that you will do what it takes to break these principalities apart. You have to tear down wickedness in high places. Uh, fear is a principality that's a wickedness in a high place. If you are not prepared to fast and pray and take that principality and rip it down, then it's going to control you. It's going to run you, it's going to dominate you, and it's going to run you over, and you're going to get sick of being abused by it, and Hasatan is going to have a field day. And that's why he says you're not really perfected in love if you're allowing the enemy to have the authority that's supposed to be love's authority in your life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Sorry about that. A little late getting back to the mute button. Um, excellent sharing all the way around, everybody. Uh, absolutely fantastic. When we come back, uh, we will be going through our J uh, Just for Today reading. So, Marissa, if you want to go ahead and get your Philippians 4, 4 through 9 ready, that would be fantastic. We will see you in about... Three and a half, four minutes. When he told you you're not good enough, when he told you you're not right, when he told you you're not strong, Put up a good fight When he told you you're not worthy When he told you you're not loved When he told you you're not beautiful You'll never be enough Fire, cause fear, he is the light. 
Interconnect. I shouldn't be. I mean, I, yeah, I really shouldn't be. Um, but sometimes the content of them just blows my mind. Now, June 16, 2022, accepting life. Some things we must accept, others we can change. The wisdom to know the difference comes with growth in our, in our Ruachal program. It's relatively easy to accept the things we like. It's the things we don't like that are hard to accept. But remaking the world and everyone in it to suit our tastes would solve nothing. After all, the idea that the world was to blame for all our problems was the attitude they kept us using. And that attitude nearly killed us. Of course, working the steps, we began to ask ourselves hard questions about the roles we ourselves have played in creating the unacceptable lives we've lived. 
In most cases, we found that what needed changing was our own attitude and our own actions, not the people, places, and things around us. In Transformed, we pray for wisdom to know the difference between what can and cannot be changed. Then, once we see the truth of our situation, we pray for the willingness to change ourselves. Just for today, Elohim Yahweh, grant me the wisdom to know the difference between what I what can be changed and what I must accept. Please help me gratefully accept the life I've been given. Hallelujah. Amen. Marissa. Yes. Well, hallelujah. I am. Um, there's there's scripture that goes off of what they were going on in wisdom, which I I know of, but I just can't think of what scripture it is. So hallelujah. And as you were reading, I was thinking about how my mom used to blame her drinking. She would say she blamed it on me, and I know that it's not my fault why she was wanted to get drunk because. You know, no one. I can't blame anyone when I wanted to go and use. So, so that whatever I'd have to look back out the reading exactly how it went. But um, a lot of times people want to use others for blaming, and I know that we can, that we are not the ones that blame of when other people were using or drinking, and also we can't blame others for our own. Dumbest, or dumb choices. So, hallelujah, as I read this, we can rejoice in our recovery and rejoice in Yahweh always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your humility be known to all men. Our Master is at hand. Do not worry about anything, but in, every, but in everything, by prayer and by petition, with thanksgivings, let your requests be made known to Elohim. And the peace of Yahweh, which surpasses all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds through Messiah Yeshua. Finally, my brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honest, whatever is just, whatever pure, whatever lovely, whatever of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is any praise, think on these things. And what things you heard and received, or and, and and what things you learned, and received and heard and saw in me, practice these things, and the Elohim of Shalom will be with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Thank you for that, Marissa. Rock, would you like to pray out the line tonight? Or are you back in the movie? We completely understand. Thank you to the great Yah of Shemaim as I stand here in the goodness garden. Abba Yah, I just thank you that we have great, great things to do while being on a call and how just rubbing my feet in the dirt as I'm walking around out here and being able to be barefoot in the earth, the things that you created and to think about the food and everything that's coming out of the earth and even how uh, a doctor that's been clean now for 38 years, Dr. James Rouse, how he talks about how important it is to actually walk through dirt, raw earth, 
where we came from and put our feet into that and walk through that. So I just, I just thank you, Yah, for revelation and, and so many things that you're teaching us about the entire being, everything that we are on the outside, everything we are on the inside, and that you are transforming us top to bottom, inside and out, up and down and all around. You are an incredible, incredible Abba We love you, and we thank you for all you've done, you're doing, and about to do in our transformation here on Transformed Recovery by Love, Inc., your ministry, love, because Yahweh is love. Yahweh is Ahaba. Hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. I think we close this one out. Now, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure... um, that what I typed in as a keyword for this song is actually the title of the band. But believe it or not, this song is done by Rare Earth. It is entitled, I Just Want to Celebrate. I can't think of a better way to sign this one off and go out. Just so everybody knows, we will be back tomorrow morning, same time, same, well, yeah, same time, same time, you know, same channel, tomorrow night, 10.07, 9.07. And 707, respectively. But prior to that, at 737 Eastern, 637 Central, and 537 and 437 Mountains and Pacific time zones, uh, we will be here with Praise, Prayer, Decree, and Declare. There is no better way to start your day than with Elohim Yahweh. Just food for thought. All right, as we wrap up, shalom, shalom, shalom. This is, I just want to celebrate by rare earth. Lay the tov, everybody. <laughs>